This is Auxiliary Bishop Gregory Gordon of the Diocese of Las Vegas, and you are listening to Among Wolves. So this is uh, part two of the uh, Las Vegas Diocesan Conference, and in this one we talk to uh, we have three interviews on the on the show this time. We talk with uh, Caitlin Kano, who's the executive director of Cat, uh, Compass Catholic Ministries, and basically what they do is they help people get a handle on their money, but very much through a biblical lens. I read their book recently, the um, Your Money Counts book, and there is so much scripture in that book; it is wild. So if you guys get a chance and you want to, I'll tag it inside the thing. But uh, pick up that book; it's a good read. We also talk with Garrett Tantorez. He's a pianist over at St. Francis of Assisi, and he also sells fish out of bowls over at Sweet Poke. <laughs> so uh, we talk about, with him, we talk about a bunch of stuff, um, yeah, but from Balthazar to liturgical music to all kinds of things. Uh, and then Melissa, one of uh, a good friend of the show, she's uh, on Instagram at uh, Vegas Foodie Boozy Mom. She comes on the show and she talks about the show, which was great. <laughs> and so then we had a good time talking about that and then talking about beer and all the things. Hope you guys enjoyed our coverage over at the Las Vegas Diocesan Conference. As always, please feel free to hit us up on Instagram. Follow us there at Among Wolves Pod. Uh, please subscribe to the show if you haven't already done so. That way other people can find our show. And let us know if you're getting something good out of it or let us know if you're not. And then uh, we'll talk to you guys later. God bless. Bye. Caitlin Kano. Now she I'm just, excited. This she is just like drops local like interesting bombs once I, in a while. And you're just like, Jenny. No, but there's funny things too. Like what's it called? I've heard of stuff where it's like that didn't really work out very well. So we'll reenact it. It's, it's the exact same question and thing that happened. But now we have people who do a better job. At, like I think they should. But I think they should also do that when like, you know, when they have the guy who's like hidden in, in uh, protective custody and stuff. Ratted on the, yeah, yeah, who like ratted on the mob and it's like, there's a guy who did that. Right. They should just have a dude who does voice acting. <laughs> that makes sense. Just voice over it. Just voice or over just it. Have... You don't need the face. You can still leave him pixelated or in the dark and then just have. Didn't they do that in The Simpsons when they had Bart uh, did it and they had Steve Allen do his voice? No, but that's hilarious. Okay, now you have to look that up and enter this. It'll be in the show. It'll be in the show. Look, let's can the euphemisms, huh? No more bull spit. How would you like to be a hall monitor? Wouldn't that mean squealing on other kids? That's the meat of it, yes. Hmm. Now, witness acts, would you please tell the court what you saw? I'd be more than happy to. <laughs> I saw Mr. Bantone there seal the late Mr. Palaccio in an oil drum and roll him off the pier. I kill you! Hey, caramba! just get there oh this is how this goes <laughs> this is this is literally how the show goes yeah see, apparently yeah, you don't listen <laughs> <laughs> so tell us who you are what you do other than drugs i'm just kidding oh heavens <laughs> <laughs> my name is i don't do that my name is caitlin kano and i'm the executive director of compass catholic ministries and we teach financial wellness through a catholic lens so essentially it's practical catholic stewardship applied to our daily lives right it's it's like catholic version of dave ramsey Ooh. yes no how's it different so our organization was founded um, officially in 2010, but our founder took a course called Crown in 1987. So a lot wow. of our math looks the same as Ramsey because Ramsey took the same course in 1989. Okay. So when it comes to the math, it looks similar. 
We are a ministry. So we really do believe money can be ministry. All things can lead you to God when they are properly channeled, right? So what we do is we take the magisterium, um, or teach from the magisterium, teaching from the saints, um, biblical passages, and we put it all together and create a plan for people to follow so they can practically live Catholic stewardship in their daily lives. So then rather than like it's a rather than a classroom course, is this more of like individuals um you have like maybe a a person that comes in and talks with a, a couple advisor. or like yeah are the you guys is this like yeah. financial advising? So no, we don't actually give advice. What we do is we have um educate we have two financial Bible studies. Okay. Um, they're both available in Spanish. So um, what we do is with the first one, Faith and Money Matters, is a six-week course. And we take people um, over the course of six weeks to cover many financial topics. We don't give any financial advice because right. we don't want to get in trouble with the SEC. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So what so we do... education is what you guys say, it, right? Yeah. Financial it's, educators. And it is over... Uh, really, the magic happens in the small group conversation because... The way financial stress works, it's so pervasive. If anyone's been financially stressed, they know it's horrible because it's so isolating. And we believe that in isolation, that's where the devil thrives. So we want to have people have those small group conversations so they can not be isolated and they can see how the Lord can work miracles even when it comes to their finances. So define small group. Are we talking Mm. two couples, four couples? One person, eight persons? Yeah, that's a good question. The ideal size is around 12 people. Okay. That's the ideal size. We've seen small groups go as small as four, um, but really anything more than 12, it just becomes more of a classroom setting, Mm -hmm. and we don't want that. We want it to be something where they can really get close to each other. They can bond over the course of six weeks and really, you know, learn about Yes. Like yes. Group. Very much nice. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, and it's it, all about education. That's that's like we have to do that disclaimer constantly on this show. It's like we we are not giving uh, um, theological advice, or no, nor do our right. views and opinions represent those views and opinions of the diocese of Las Vegas, or our jobs, <laughs> or, or our, our jobs. jobs. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. We're we're always very clear. We do not give any financial advice. Yeah. We don't people. We don't tell them what to invest in anything like that. Right. Right. But we show them. You know what the Bible says about money and how our Catholic faith can be integrated. And I mean, when does it ever really go wrong to integrate your Catholic faith and do right, a stress exactly. point? Like we only ever come out better. Yeah. So why not apply it to your money? That's a, that's, it's a really interesting thing because a lot of times people, um, I think constantly in prayer, God, God always wants to take us through the, um, the brokenness of our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and the the deeper you get into any kind of devotional life, the the more you pray, the the more the Lord brings up those issues, those brokenness. And money is that for a lot of people, but some people will keep that like, no, I'm not supposed to pray about this. This isn't this isn't something that that you know God goes into or God cares about. You know, this is this is, but God's bringing it up to you, and so this mm-hmm. is really an important because it's a it's a it's a real facet of your life. So I always think about that moment. It happens every year when they read the parable of the talents mm-hmm. and they talk about, you know, uh, the master and what happens when, you know, they one person buries the talents and the other one comes back with a return. And then at the end, that gospel ends with, um, is it wailing, wailing and, and gnashing, gnashing of teeth? teeth. Yeah. And you see viscerally all the Catholics in the pews shrink into <laughs> the pew. <laughs> and we have that moment of like, oh, no, like what what is going on? If you have that stress point or you experience that emotion, you need to take our Bible study because yeah. you need to learn how to learn or how to live your Catholicism practically, yeah. which is through our money. That's awesome. Yeah. 
yeah, we that's like awesome. It. I'd really like to get a small group good, like at our parish going on with something like this. Be good. You know who to go to. I do know who to go to. That's, that's <laughs> Where actually, do we need to go to? That's the actual plan. Compass Ministries. Compass, Compass Catholic. Compass Catholic. Org, but yeah. you're in Vegas. We're in Vegas. Yeah, and, yeah, I know. It's so so easy. So we'll yeah. get there. We'll get there. It's coming, people. Yes. Don't worry, Saint Francis. It's Are coming. You also from Vegas. I'm born and raised Whoa. in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Where did you go to school? Uh, so Saint Francis, where I met my husband, and then we went to Bishop Gorman. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Wait, yeah. Old Bishop Gorman or new Bishop Gorman? The old Bishop Gorman. Oh, old Bishop Gorman. Old. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Down. Don't worry, I'm probably older, so it's okay. <laughs> down by St. Anne's. Or down by right St. Right Anne's. Right next to St. Anne's. Yeah. Yes. St. Louis. Yeah. yeah. You know, the best memories, and Gorman really makes Vegas a small town, because we were military and lived away for like 15 years. Come back, and I still can't go to Target without running into oh, really? five people I know. That's I mean, cool. yeah, it makes Vegas Where very small. Where were you small. zoned for? Zoned for, see, now I'm aging myself. Um, it was Cimarron, but now Centennial, because I think Centennial opened when I was in high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, so it's as a hike. I'm trying to like, <laughs> as I'm getting into like, so what was your address? No. Right, right. <laughs> and your so, social you, security so you number. Exactly. And your mother's maiden <laughs> name was what? Yeah, yeah. No, birthday? but that's cool. We just need this for podcast purposes. Yes, <laughs> and your dog. What was his name? But uh, no. That's for password purposes. <laughs> no, but I mean, I've been out in Vegas for years too. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not originally from, so like when I went to high school, it was like, you had like those three friends that you knew that were like, yeah, I was born here. And you're like, What? Yeah, how were you born here? Like, were people born here? Because, but now people were, you, co- were 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 uh, conceived here, but nobody was born. Yeah, here. no one was born here. They were conceived and then oh, went goodness. back to Nebraska. <laughs> I think my parents. I don't know if this is factual. My parents told me when I was born here, the population was a hundred thousand. No, isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I'm forty, so eighty-two. Yeah. Me? I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Not I even don't know. 82. What, that it was 100,000? Yeah. It's for a, the whole valley? For the whole valley. It's got to be way more than that. Well, maybe 82. like city proper. I don't know. Maybe the city. City yeah. proper. Because yeah. the city's only about 500,000 now. No. Yeah. The no city. way. The city proper is only 500,000 right now? Calculated. Yeah, like 1.2 million. There's like, yeah, there's like 2 million. There's, there's like, a 2 million. There's 2 million there's 2 people. 2 million people in the county. But look at how much is the county. Everything south of Sahara is not. Yeah, I'm, not kind of, I'm not thinking county. I'm thinking Las Vegas. Las Vegas City. Las Vegas City proper is only 500,000. I don't know. I'm going to find out. There's no it's way. There's bigger. no need to wonder when you can Google. I know. Yeah, I know. This is our favorite <sighs> part. Google. Whenever we Google on things on, on air. That's why yeah. we don't do this live. <laughs> That's why I edit that's, the crap out of our show. You always say that's why God made editing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Huh? Yeah. While he's doing that, you have a show too, yes? Um, yeah, so we, we do have a podcast. It's Compass Catholic Changemakers. We did take oh. a break for a little bit, but we are um, coming back. And we actually were given office space from a very generous donor. So we have a studio we're going to... Hopefully get all schnazzy up like you guys are with all your high-end yeah, equipment. We have, we have low low studios, high equipment. Yes, we do. Yeah, we, we're, we're short on studios. So if you have a, an anonymous donor who would like to give us a studio, we're all... You're welcome we're to all... use our studio. <laughs> we love company. That's true. <laughs> are we allowed to drink there? Right. <laughs> she just gives us a drink. No. She really hasn't listened to us. <laughs> she, she now has regretted coming on the show. Jen, She's Jenny's like, these guys are jerks. <laughs> Oh, All right, now that's talk that's about. Funny. Go ahead. Six hundred and forty-four thousand. Six hundred forty-four thousand. So yeah. that's plausible if it was uh, six times. And all right, all right. That's I'll, I'll say. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I don't know. I'll, I'll give you that, Google. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Okay, so I was a little <laughs> off. I rem- maybe I'm remembering when it was five hundred thousand. But so now, now, now it's. 
now the 80, 82 sounds plausible for a hundred thousand. But I mean, so. think about it, like eighty two. I mean, like how far were the roads back then? Like Rainbow would have been out of Sahara's. Town. Yeah, yeah. Sahara is the main road. And oh, I found a map from like the sixties. It's pretty funny. It's like really. It's like Las Vegas, like downtown, and like there's and not nothing. much more. No, there's nothing. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole point of the strip. Yeah. The idea of the strip is not in the city of Las Vegas. Yeah. Right. Because what is it called Paris? It's paradise? Paradise. paradise, yeah, but yeah. no one knows that. Nobody knows that except no. for me. But usually, and I'm glad <laughs> usually that you do too. Well, no, because I tell people like I don't live in Las Vegas, but your ID says Las Vegas. Well, yeah, I know, but I live in Paradise. Well, it's Paradise. Well, that's like where the strip is. What do you mean the strip's not in Las Vegas? It's called the Las Vegas right. Strip. I'm like, no. Well, you got to think about how mobsters work and how to avoid taxes. Funny so, tax story. <laughs> yeah, we have a chapter on that in our Bible study. Oh, honesty. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> wow. Honesty. <laughs> And then the other problem, too, is our police department is joined. So because we have the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, which was founded in 1973, it was a combination of the Clark County Sheriff's Department and the Las Vegas Police Department. So Metro is everywhere, so you feel like you're always in Vegas. Las Vegas, yeah. So if you lived in Paradise or Spring Valley or Enterprise or east side of east side, Sp- whoops. Sunrise yeah. Manor, yeah. Sunrise then you Manor. would have Clark County Sheriff's Department who would be patrolling your neighborhoods. If you're in pre-73. This is the super insider baseball that people get on our podcast. He's yes. like Vegas Google. He is. But he yeah. is. Yeah. So Literally. if you lived in Las Vegas, Las Vegas, yeah. you would you would have Las Vegas Police Department. And the fire department's that way, but people don't notice the fire trucks like they do the cops. Because fire department trying doesn't to ride pull you over <laughs> when you're speeding. Fire department. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. Metro, there is no Las Vegas Police Department or... Clark County Sheriff's Department anymore because they joined to become the Metro. That's what the Metro means. Um, and that's why it's one of the few police departments that have a sheriff. Usually a sheriff is in charge of a sheriff department. My world is blowing up right now. I, I didn't. And I sometimes it's <laughs> 73. 73. You missed that part of the discussion. Yeah. He just likes I, Las Vegas a lot. I like things. I don't know. I, yeah, but we do have a Clark County Fire Department and a Las Vegas Fire Department. So. I, I won't. I'll, I'll say county because they're the ones who will put out the fire at my house. <laughs> Clark County. Yeah. Clark they County. Probably has, do. Clark County. Yeah, you think they don't have firemen? I'm sure they have firemen. That they videotape with them without their shirts on and Imagine sell it. Losing. Losing. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's the thing. So Clark County has the yellow trucks, and Vegas has the red trucks. There's probably red trucks by your house that have a paradise on the side, and then the co- and then the fire department by their on their by their pocket has a uh, like a royal flush on their uniform. Mm-hmm. Now you know. The more you know. That's yeah. Phenomenal. What are the yellow ones? Stop interviewing Hector. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> but yes, because they, you know, when they wanted to open up casinos and stuff, they sat there and said, I don't want to deal with Las Vegas and politics mm-hmm. and taxes and stuff. So they moved down the way. So like where the Terribles Casino, which used to be the Gold Strike there in Gene, mm-hmm. you're just driving on the freeway. There's a casino that's not attached to anything. That's the way the flamingo was once upon a time. Interesting. A while back. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you watch, like, the original Bugsy Ocean. Siegel. Yeah, Bugsy Siegel. If you watch the original Ocean's Eleven, that was the whole point is to hit those, the those Vegas casinos. Yeah. And not, they had the sheriff's department. Not the biggest go. Vegas casinos, the only Vegas casino. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I'm even trying to see if I could find, like, Las Vegas, like, population. Like, That'd be cool. But the valley's huge. Oh, valley is massive. Like two yeah. million. Yeah. Or it's probably more now, but there was a point where it's like Las Vegas Valley is two million, Clark County two point two million or something. It's like, oh, so there are people in Mesquite. And- <laughs> That's, yeah, Mesquite's its own uh, city too, but Laughlin is not. Interesting. Cool. Huh? So outside of robbing a casino, yeah. How do we outside ma- of that? Outside of that, how do we solve our money troubles? Oh, here we go. Nineteen eighty. 
164,000 people. 1980, 164,000. Ready for this? Okay, front end estimation. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Check this out. 1990, 258,000. Wow. It went up 56%, and then it went up 85% to 2000 at 478. Yeah, I remember at one point in the 90s or maybe early 2000s, we were the fastest growing city in America. Oh, yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah, the economy is construction. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And gaming, yeah, that makes gaming. sense. Mm-hmm. Gaming, I know because yeah. that's money. That is your money. Yeah, <laughs> I sell screws. You said what? Screws, like for construction. Well, for gaming, like slot machines are really just a big metal box. Yeah. So you take the sheet metal and you got to press in fasteners to screw things into it. So do you work for the gaming company or no, is that like a I separate? Sell the, I sell the screws to the people who make the games. I'm learning so much. Yeah. So I work for a company that sells fasteners. Okay. So they sell fasteners to medical equipment or. Or other manufacturers or pressing inserts into plastic and all that kind of stuff. So I, I sell the screws to people who work in a place that bend the sheet metal okay. and press in these, you know, these standoffs and stuff for you to screw things into. Then I also sell it to the guys who take those cabinets that were made uh-huh. and they put all the stuff inside and they use the screws and nuts and the zip ties and all that stuff to put it all on the inside and then it's 90% made, then they send it to the gaming companies like Bally's or IGT right. or Konami, and then they put in the, the, the final things, a lot of the, uh, the brains of it and the thing that there's 20, you know, you know, the same cabinet, but one has this game and one has the other game. One's got the game with the dragons. One's got the game with you know. Okay, it's the exact same cabinet. They just put the machine, the thing different. Do you know what this feels like? What's that show? How it's made that my kids watch? Oh, that, probably. Oh, there was that that um with the with the little robot things like uh. Well, they just show you like how things are made. Storybots. That was great. Yeah. Storybots living inside computer parts. Storybots. Helping kids get super smart. No, we're not about. I think she's thinking there's like a show like, like Remember a History when you watch, Channel or something. Right? Oh, when yeah. you watched no, Mr. Rogers the and they showed smart. you how to make uh, crayons? Yeah. yeah. Or toilet paper. Do you remember the toilet paper? That's what Storybots yeah. is. Or the one yeah. they made the brass? Yeah. That's, that's what Storybots yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Well, then. <laughs> so it's like that without the bots. Without the Storybots? The Storybots. Like, like cool. on Twitter with all the bots. Yeah. Yes. Twitter with all the bots. See, that's a timely reference. Man. It is. It See? Is. Yeah. See, we are definitely here. All right. Um, Sorry, we can go back on to money. money. Money, we do, we do need that, and yes. we do like it, I like and it. we would like we, we have some. Like we got a little. I like to have more. <laughs> That's where you come in. Do you have any experience? No, sir. I have no experience, but I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. <laughs> Could I just have a few business cards? <laughs> Really trying to impress a girl. Do you get that reference as a wedding singer? This is, yeah. Oh, yeah, good. Yes, okay, yes. cool. I love- <laughs> no, she's not. She's yeah. all right, so it's yeah. okay. Yeah. So yeah. it works out. No, we're all good. I get it. All right, so talk about the new initiative that you guys are doing. The For the unexpected pregnancies. Yes. Okay, so this is definitely a love project that just was inspired with I have one of those. His name is Joel. <laughs> He's my oldest son. <laughs> It was a project made from love. Yes, that's what I just said. Inspired by love. What happened was the overturning of Roe v. Wade um, was just an emotional day, right? And you saw all these posts on social media um, one way or another, but there was a lot of emotion behind it. And, um, you know, as everything, you have to take it to prayer. Like, what what are we supposed to do with all this emotion? And um, what came to me is that uh, we were realizing that these moms need resources. And then I saw this wonderful quote from Archbishop Gomez in LA um, calling us to be. AGB. Yes, calling us to. 
create an economy where these moms can thrive with their children. And we do know that just because the laws have changed in a lot of states, organically there's going to be moms who would have possibly had an abortion and now they can't because they, you know, one reason or, or another. And we want to support those moms. So what we're doing is we're creating a um, an app-based course, uh, financial literacy, that will start at assuming they are needing resources like um, SNAP, WIC, uh, TANF. So all these like resources that are uh, social, um, socially based and taking them from how do you apply for food stamps and how do you apply for rent assistance. And over the course of several months, have content drip into their phone. It's going to look very TikTok-y, like, because that's how we learn these days, right? Three to five minute increments. Mm-hmm. And take them over the oh. course of a few months, if that, um, to how do you invest and how do you create an insurance plan? How do you get a will? Because a lot of these moms don't have wills. God forbid they pass. Right. What's going to happen to their kids? Yeah. So we're going to create a course that walks them through that. But we want to meet them at their point of need, just like Jesus met the woman at the well. We're going to meet them at their need, which is rent assistance, assuming they need, you know, food and all those different things. And not just saying, you need to budget, you know, because that's not where they're at. They're at needing assistance. And over the course of several months, bring them through to hopefully get them to understand financial wellness and financial stability. So they're currently drowning. You pull them out of the water first. You don't just hand them up. You don't just hand them. (laughs) Here's a pamphlet on swimming. Yeah, here's how you swim. No, this is where you give them the fish because they're hungry, and then you take them on the boat with the rod. That's great because it's it's, you how to do more of this. It's a holistic approach. It's very much like the, the, the act of immediate mercy but at the same time, let's let's after the immediate mercy is given, let's teach you how to fish or teach you how to swim in this right. analogy, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, we put too many in there. there all water-based. All water-based all, analogies. Yeah. All, yes. There's so many yes, water-based yeah. analogies. Skiing and baptism. They really and are. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but and, and I think one, <laughs> that's good because here's the thing. I know there's so many things out there that help people that even just the government provides, not even counting like, like the church or other um, um, nonprofit organizations and things like that mm-hmm. that do. But I always feel like there's all these people who don't take advantage of it or don't know to or are educated mm-hmm. about it. Right. Because right. you see those, the, there are those. Yeah, half the know, things you mentioned, I had no idea what those were. Right. Right. Your yeah. privilege is showing, David. I know. <laughs> i got to check it. Check it. Go over there, privilege. Get out of here. Check your privilege with your luggage. So <laughs> my point. Oh, I'm going to put, we got to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Mung Wolf says. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. No, but I mean, I've seen stuff where, like, there's that poor family who all of a sudden it's like they're not that bad off because they've took advantage of X, Y, Z. Yeah. And then it's like, well, if that lady can do it, why can't everybody? And it's probably like you're saying, it's like uneducated or lack of education of how the system works. Exactly. Yeah. How, and how to get support. you're teaching that, I mean, it's like, yeah, here are all these great things. and. There are ways to get back on your feet after that. And and I think this is the Holy Spirit working through. I had some random career opportunities to include a lot of government programs. And when you build a program like this, you really have to have a mindset of partnerships. And how do you, you can't just throw it out there and assume people know how to pick it up. So we are going to be partnering with pregnancy centers and maternity homes to offer this. Um, we're going to be training their volunteers to support the moms as well to keep them accountable to the course. Um, but you are right. All these Great programs are out there, yeah. but it's never put in front of them in a cohesive way mm-hmm. where they can just say, okay, let me, because when you are in an emergency, you just want a checkbox. Like, tell me right. what to do right now. Exactly. And then we're going to have the, um, like I said, we're all on our phones anyways. It's going to be in a style that they have already been accustomed to learning in. So we're not trying to tell them, look, register for this course. Show and up download. every Tuesday. and Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. We're going to meet them where they're at because- I mean, just like I said, Jesus met the woman at the well. We're going to meet them in their phones, and we're going to take them through. And 
we really do feel like that's a form of evangelization that we are, you know, we're addressing them in their need and we're going to be evangelizing through our joy. I've been blessed with four babies. Um, They're not babies anymore, but I just see how God created them uniquely and whole and beautiful. And just out of gratitude for that, I want some other mothers to see that as well. That's awesome. And it's yeah. a good way that we're putting our money where our mouth is kind of right. thing. Because yeah, because that's the thing that people always say about, like, those people, uh, the, us who are pro-life. Like, like, you only care about the baby. What Then what? Like, we got that. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. that's the there thing. is so much. There's so much. And they don't get credit for and, what they're and they doing. And they never talk about it. And they make it mm-hmm. seem like there's nothing out there. And I know it's usually like a Republican-Democrat thing. Right. But they never look at the other stuff like the church or other nonprofits and things like that that are giving of these things. And there's even like probably even some kind of uh, government assistance too with this stuff. Right. And if we're going to make it the fact, I mean, I feel like it is the, the lack of education of these things that are there for you. So you're not put in a rock and a hard place where it's like I financially and cannot take care of this child. Right. So the best form is just abort it and get it over with and now it's not a problem but when it's like no we have ways to help support you financially emotionally right yes. all yeah. connecting you with community and mm-hmm. and being there and building a small community to help be that village to raise the child maybe that would help change people's minds right right and maybe you could do that in the states that where abortion is totally legal and almost encouraged it's, it's, yeah, we're, we're really hoping to have an impact here. And what's crazy, I don't know what the name, the name just jumped out of my head, but the Planned Parenthood um, Research Arm starts with a G. But um, they essentially say that 80, near 80% of pregnancies that are aborted are due to financial issues. And so when that's presented to the mom in terms of like they're advocating for abortion, they're saying, you know, if you don't get this abortion, you are destined to a life of poverty. Right. So we're saying, let's take those numbers and let's flip them. Yeah. Like let's oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> let's yeah, look absolutely. at these numbers through a different lens. Hello, sir. Hi, it's like that's the fun part about being at the I table. Know. I know. We all love to say hi. Um, yeah, let's take those numbers. Let's flip them. Let's look at them through an empathetic, faith-based lens and say, what can we do? To if that's their stress, that's where you know, right. like you were saying, if we're brokenhearted, that cracks is where God gets in. Absolutely. So let's meet them in that stress. Show how you know they can be. You know, they can still thrive. They're still. God gave you your dreams. You don't lose those dreams when you have a baby. If anything, they become more enriched and become more meaningful. So you can still accomplish your financial goals and really. I always say no one really has financial goals. We have life goals. Right. Those life goals have financial implications. Yes. So let's focus on the life goals, figure out the financial component, and now you can do this you know, with a child in hand. It's possible. It's possible. People have done it. Financial goals. They never work. Once I make $7 an hour, everything's great. No. Once no. I make $12 an hour, everything's great. No, that's no. not how that work works. No. 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 Well, you no. think it when you're making $5 an hour. Yeah. See, that's right. how old I am now. <laughs> I used to do that math too. I remember yeah. when I was working at uh, at Albertsons as a kid. No, at Albertsons as a kid, I was I was making nine dollars and thirty six cents an hour working in the deli, and I was living on my own. Living was, on your own? Yeah. And so I was like, uh, "All right, so in order to make ends meet every week, uh, I got to sell one vacuum cleaner in order to just just make deli. bills." Yeah. No, no, that was my second job, See, second they, jobby job. Wow. I got I got to sell one va- one vacuum cleaner with this uh, this this company. In order to make the two hundred dollars, and that's just the math to be able to make the um, make the bills meet for the month, and then food was just a was just a oh, non discussion yet. Yeah. yeah, I worked at the deli, so any like the the end pieces of meat and stuff like yeah. that, we were given all those things. But um, I don't know. I remember starting I, when I started at Trader Joe's, I was making seven dollars an hour, and I felt like a baller. I was yeah. like, all my friends are making like five fifteen. <laughs> 
Yeah. And then you talk to your 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 parents, and they're like, "I made three dollars, and it was so much." Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah that it's was so rough. funny when you see that because I think like you you ever get their social security printout where it shows you how much you made every year for like your life. Uh huh. Like my dad had once. Yeah. Looking at stuff from like 1973 or something, and it's like, wow, you make two thousand dollars for the whole year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's but crazy. that was that was my thing. So like crazy. whenever I when I was in that position, like I didn't have like and I'm such a a, a loner do it yourself guy that there, I had no idea that there was that there was a, such thing as assistance or that I could. Mm. I, it wasn't until I actually got a job at a bank to realize, oh, there are things here. Yeah, you can get <laughs> money right. from the bank. <laughs> <laughs> the bank came in and gave me money, but <laughs> but yeah, and and I started learning a little bit more about finances, and I and I learned that but how budgeting actually works, and I learned that you know banks really just a lot of them are just trying to get your money, and this right. is right. like how to this, have more of it, <laughs> like so that more of it. <laughs> right. So says exactly, exactly. So especially yeah. the 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 big um uh what, what consumer banks because that's the point is that we're making money is what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. I think that's something we we, are, we do have a section in the course on this is being a smart consumer. But um, one of the metrics we use to judge uh, financial health is, is someone banked. Do they have a bank account? Because that is a metric that we use to determine if they are someone who's on the road to financial wellness. But at the same time, when they go into the bank, that teller is usually, you know, there's personal loans. and there's So they need to be a wise right. consumer and be looking out for themselves. And that's something else we just don't talk to our kids about or maybe they're they've grown up in multi-generational um you know uh poverty and they just don't know these things and it's so important to know because if you know that you make different decisions right but if you don't know that it's it's like like those credit cards that they sell they have at the college campus right sign up you're a college student right you want a koosh ball cool remember the t-shirts it's only 25 percent interest or whatever (laughs) right Right, and you're like, that's nothing. And that's then, nothing. I got this. Now we have a now we have an amphitheater called DontBeBroke.com. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, come to Henderson yeah. and watch the hockey team at yeah. DontBeBroke.com. That's yeah. another. Yeah, we should be getting money from them. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's what it's the Dollar Loan Center Arena. I think they should have been the Dollar Loan Center 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 Center. <laughs> Never thought that about that. Either. Well, yeah, because other arenas are <laughs> yeah. called center, like the American Airlines Center in Dallas, and then you have the Dollar Loan Center, Pepsi Center, Center. Pepsi. Yeah, Pepsi Center, yeah. which isn't Pepsi anymore. It's not Pepsi anymore. It's like the ball Ugh, arena. I'm old. I don't hate. Well, see, that's the thing I hate too, because like I'm very against like the corporate sponsorship, but then I kind of understand it because yeah. money is money. Right. But yeah. I, what I liked was back in the day, you St. Peter's I, Basilica brought to you by Nike. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, that I don't mind. <laughs> You don't mind that one? Because it's <laughs> of course at the he bottom. Doesn't. But Dollar Loan Center. That's but see, the thing is, it's like, because of the fact that it's still St. Peter's Basilica, you can always brought to you by, and then it's okay. But when it's now called Nike Church. Bringing you like, St. Peter's Basilica. No, 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 just called Nike, Nike Church. Church. And then it's like, oh, cool, let's go to the Nike Church. And when we go to Rome. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, let's go to the Nike Church. Uh, you mean the Adidas Church? Oh. <laughs> this old is that a different church, or is that the same church with a new name? Like when bowl games happen. I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah. It's a football. Yeah, it's football. I don't know football. See, All they right. have these things at the end of the year called bowl games. Oh, bowl games. That's, bowl. that's not what not I heard. bowling. I heard something else. Oh, so. like the like yeah. the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl. the Las Vegas yeah. Bowl. But for a period of time, we were not the Las Vegas Bowl. We were the Royal Purple Bowl or the Mako Bowl. But we still call the Las Vegas Bowl. <laughs> but the point was, if you only have a corporate sponsor and then yeah. your sponsorship changes. Then you don't know if it's the same. You don't know it's the same yeah, game. But if fair. it's always... The Mako Bowl, Las Vegas, or the Las Vegas, this. That's brought to you by. Brought to you by, yeah. and yeah. it's okay, because the Rose Bowl is always the Rose Bowl. 
Now, if it's brought to you by Vizio or brought to you by Northwest Mutual, I still know it's the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And that way, Northwest Mutual, I'm giving these people a lot. Nah, I know. So nobody I all those, all those people listening, all those corporations, you now owe us money for Trump. Yes, I will expect dollar checks from the Dollar Loan Center. <laughs> yeah, from but, the Dollar Loan Center. But they get the, I always know it's the Rose Bowl. I always know it's in Pasadena. I always know it's this. But I know that that's how they're getting their money from Toyota. Right. Sorry. That's, I just went on a hold. Sorry. <laughs> You have to be part of this. <laughs> I'm just, I'm learning so much. Welcome. Well, so the I last thing on- that we're asking everybody that we're interviewing is, what's yeah. the last thing that you read, uh, listened to, watched um, that you found meaningful or that was like, this is important or um, that you just really liked? Um, the last book I finished to entirety is, oh, the name is, um, oh, goodness. It's on my, my, my app. Um Impactful was Forming Intentional Disciples. By Sherry Waddell. Yes, Waddell. I've read that book many I times. I had not read it all the way yeah. through, and I, I'd used it for research, but uh-huh. like to sit there and read it was, she's a smart cookie. She is. She sure is. Very smart cookie. Yeah. So I'd used it for like sound bites and what have you. Oh, but it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't do it any justice. You no, have to read it in entirety. They, there's yeah. a follow-up called uh, um, Fruitful Discipleship or something yeah. something along those lines Yeah, uh, where she expands a little bit on that because one, one of the things that's um, – that she discovered and we discovered after impl- implementing a lot of her um, methodology was that there was a there was a stage of discipleship that was not discussed in that book, and it was the um, the pre evangelization stage. People are coming to the church mm. and have no uh, no initial trust connection, and we're not really sure. It's like the the Holy Spirit is guiding them there somehow, okay. uh, and we're encountering them. And then how do we have the threshold conversation at that level? So that's that's the. That's, so is that like the pre contemplation with the stages of change? Is that kind of where? Yes, exactly. So okay. and, and it's really interesting because we 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 discovered it with confirmation classes, obviously because like we're like, hey, so your parents don't go to mass, you don't go to mass. How did you get here? Yeah, what brings them there? <laughs> right. Grandma. Grandma said that you need to go to this thing, and mom signed you up for it. Or just the fact that it's like, hey, you're 15 now. Right. You need to get confirmed. Where? Right. At the church we went to at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And that's really. It's, it's wild. Yeah. So how do you address that? So we uh, start with pre-evangelization, getting them a person that they actually trust. So we do everything in small groups. So very much like what you're talking about. Right. Our small groups are about eight teens and two adults or two to four adults. And so they're about the 10, 12 mark. Okay. Uh, And that's the entire first part of what we do is relationship building and learning to talk about faith. In year one, you mean? In year one. Year one. That's okay. where a lot of the kids apparently have like not been there since first communion. Or sometimes we're, we're doing that too, and we're doing... Yeah, but not as much. Yeah. yeah. There's a small group. It's like, a small like group. Because like when I yeah. had yeah. 10 my confirmation out of to your kids, you'd have like three that are getting first communion or something. Yeah. Wow. No, I'm curious with, with your position. You can edit this out. I'm just fascinated. No, no, we'll keep um, <laughs> Restored order. What is your, what's your opinion? Oh, I'm a huge fan of restored order. See, I huge think fan. it's... Beautiful. I think, you know, here's my concern, because I have a second-year confirmation student, and he's parochial school all the way through, and now he's at um, Catholic high school. And we love it, but there is a sense of confirmation is graduation from church, and right. that grinds on me. Right. See, and the, and the, the fundamental problem and is, not that the church what's is the purpose this. of the sacrament? No, right. and, and that's that's the thing. Right. And so whenever you delay the sacrament, um, A, there's a, there's a couple of reasons here. So, so A, when you delay the sacrament, it has um, fewer people receive the sacrament. And if the grace of the sacrament is that important, then we receive it younger, right? Mm -hmm. The entire, um, I guess, what you could say is the 
the necessary faith to enter into the sacrament is a docility to the Holy Spirit. That's really it, right? That- so you just gave me the best word ever because I was thinking about it in terms of accepting your role as an intentional disciple through free will, but docility to the Holy, Holy Spirit. Docility there to the Holy Spirit. There we go. Which is That's why- a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You got there two. You go. That, that, that is why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is why I'm a big fan of it to to restored order because a second grader or a first grader is far more docile to the Holy Spirit right. than a teenager with all this other baggage. Mm-hmm. And if we believe in the effect, the efficaciousness of the sacrament, that's going to actually help them in their teenage years. That's my opinion. I want to get them the grace of the Holy Spirit before they enter in this right. crazy phase of life being high school. Right, right. And right. I, I think it's I, I think it's super valuable. But I I also and then understand we classes after. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I think that's continuing education all the way around. I, right. Yeah. That's just a that's just a thing that should constantly be there. Right. Um, but then the focus doesn't be like I'm holding you here hostage because I have a sacrament for you, which sounds so close to simony. It drives me nuts. <laughs> you're paying for the classes, the books, the retreats, and all this stuff. Yes. But also, you're not paying for the for the for the sacrament though. That's not what you're paying for. But if you don't do these things, you can't get the sacrament. Yeah. Yeah. You need to yeah. calm down, buddy. <laughs> Where do you think those paychecks come from? I, I'm trying to okay. administer myself out of a job. That's my entire goal. I should not. My position shouldn't exist yeah. ultimately. Well, you just gave me beautiful words to use because that there that describes ooh, that describes am, what I've uh, been thinking of. I am a plethora of beautiful words. There you go. Oh boy, where's the eye roll t-shirt? Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wonderful. There you go. All right. Thanks for sitting with us and chatting with us. Yeah, uh, I know thanks. they just let out of a, of a thing. You might need to get back to your need, well, exhibit, exhibit thing. Yeah. yeah, here we are. All right. Call up any time. We have yeah. a phone button. We have a phone button. Apparently, you do. Yeah. I'm going to have you guys come do my studio. Absolutely. Yeah, we can do your show, too. Yeah. You'll yeah. apologize in advance if you if you invite us on. It will be three hours of conversation with 15 minutes of content. Oh, more Vegas facts. I'll give you those. Vegas facts. Vegas facts and I theology. Mean, the That's what vegan. we do. I am. Vegan. 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 And a vegan. A vegan. Garrett Tantores. No, but yeah, the um, Heart of the World and Prayer from Balthazar are the good starter books for him. The, the uh, uh, controversial one is Dare to Hope. Why is uh, that controversial? He was, it was the one that he wrote towards the end of his life, but it's the one that most people talk about when it comes to Balthazar because in it, He's asking the question of, um, can we hope, theologically, that all people will be saved? That's his question. I've heard of that. Yes. I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah, so so uh, that, that's basically his question, what he's talking about, and that's entirely what the book addresses. And some people criticize him as being a universalist because of that book. Mm. A universalist is, believes that, that, that ultimately everybody will be saved and there is no uh, eternal hell for, right. for the individual person. What, is that like a confirmed heresy or something like that? Is it like- yeah, there, we, we can't be universalists um, outright. No, you can't, uh, can't be like that. Um, but he has unique... Un- u- nuances in that book that people kind of ignore mm-hmm. um, the primary nuance is that he is he's saying well that's I'm not saying that there is no hell and I'm not saying that um, it's not uh, feasible for people to go in there right. my, my ultimate question is what is our responsibility towards others can we hope and pray for the salvation of all people that's my question right and I think I think we fundamentally do. Like if you've ever prayed the rosary, the Fatima prayer, you know, um, was what is it? Uh, um, 
What? Uh, the Oh My Jesus. Oh My Jesus. Um, forgive us our sins. Save us save from, from fire as hell. Lead all souls to heaven, right. especially those that most need thy mercy. That all. is That's all the syllogism souls. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all souls. That that is that is the um, the Balthazarian standpoint essentially. And he he ultimately ends the book. Um, well, that, with a few other writings, he ultimately ends the book. Yeah, he ultimately ends the book with this um, idea of um, hell. It, it, the way hell is always brought up in scripture. Is as brought up as a real possibility for me. I'm not supposed to necessarily care about my neighbors. Oh, really? I'm supposed to work out my salvation in fear and trembling, not yours. I, I, I should assume and 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 hope for your salvation and figure mine out. Right? I'm like, that's brilliant. But Wait, so- well, how does that reconcile with like the idea of evangelization? Like, is that right? That's the that- that's the other question that he he addresses in there is okay. the evangelization question. So, if everybody's going to heaven, then what's the need to evangelize at all? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like, if we're evangelizing just for um, just for heaven, although heaven is the pinnacle, then we're kind of missing the point. We're we're telling we're telling everybody that oh, Jesus only matters when you die. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't matter when you live, right? Um, but right Jesus before you die, right before, right? <laughs> that's that's what ah Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, that's why there was a lot of those deathbed confessions. I mean, we think of like um, Constantine and uh, you know these people. That was the first one I almost went to. Yeah, deathbed conversions. Oh, Constantine, he wasn't Christian till the end. <laughs> exactly, but that's the thing is is Jesus is not Jesus did not come merely to um, to die for our sins and bring us salvation. That is that definitely is the pinnacle of his mission. But he also come came fully human to show us hum- humanity exemplar. This is the archetype right. of humanity. This is what life of human life i came that they might have life and have it to the full mm-hmm. not that i came that they might be able to one day go to heaven that's not his message yeah and so that's um so if we think about evangelization only uh in the context of hopefully getting somebody to heaven then the person that you're evangelizing is gonna be like well fine i'll think about that when i'm 92 right not not yeah. not, not right now that's always the big like that's why there's so many old people at church that is why there's but, so many old people at church because they don't most of them are retired, so they have free time, and they're just trying to pad their stats before they uh, go. Pad their stats. Or pe- people who had near-death experiences. <laughs> yeah. Talk to us more no, about no, this, no, no. these near-death experiences, Garrett. <laughs> I, I, I never had a near-death experience. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. It's interesting stuff to think about. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll have to read that book. Yeah, it is a good book. So, um, Dare to Hope. And again, remember, whenever he's writing, he is doing theology. He's not teaching doctrine or doing dogma. Theology is is where is there room for prudential judgments or growth in our understanding. And there is not a whole lot of doctrine in that area. Mm. And so um, he's like, hey, let's ask these questions and let's wrestle with this stuff. Um, and people like went nuts. <laughs> like, yeah. A because most people didn't read it; they read the articles about it. Mm-hmm. And so, second or third hand um, reading or understanding of it is not the same as reading it yourself. Cool. So, how long have you been playing piano? Um, since I mean, I started seriously when I was ten. So that. Oh, really? Was, yeah. Nice. Before I had this teacher, um, that just taught me because it was credits for her college. Uh, oh. Uh, and she was like, like studying to be a teacher. Yeah. Like so, teacher, yeah. Yeah. In so. music? And not even in music. She just oh, re- kind of knew how to play piano. And so it was like, so, so I mean, she said it's easier for me to teach this one little kid yeah. how to play piano than to go into a classroom and have to teach a bunch of kids. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Something like that. So I don't count her as a real teacher, right? But she was smart enough to know, like, oh, I need to hand him off to somebody who actually does know. Yeah. Oh, no, she, she saw didn't. Your she talent. Did, right. She, well, she didn't just keep me, you know, confined to her. 
Well, I know, but did she see something in you that's like, like, crap, this this kid's already better than me. So This kid needs something, someone, some focus, something better. Yeah, I don't think I was, like, better than her at that point, but I was accelerating way too fast. Like, the book, I just ran out of the book. She was using this really thin book, like, for, I don't even know, like, kindergarten. I was, like, in seven, I was seven years older. Or ten, because you said you were ten. Ten ten is when I started seriously. Your story's not making sense. Right, so, like, I had to change teachers. Well, we moved to Nevada, so I was in California at the time. And then we moved to Nevada, and then we had to find a teacher. So I, I, we scouted around, and then there was some teachers that I just really didn't like. And then we landed on this one teacher, and she was, uh, like, some gem, like, hidden gem inside of Las Vegas. Turns out that she studied at the uh, Russian Conservatory, the oh. Moscow Conservatory in Russia, which is known to be the greatest piano conservatory, at least the greatest piano program in the world. Wow. So, yeah, the golden age of piano, of like classical piano, came from that them. Oh, really? I didn't right. know that. That's cool. Uh, but that was when it was the Soviet Union. So she so she studied when um, it was the USSR, and then she defected from the country when when, when communism. everything... Communism sucks. Right. Put <laughs> yeah, that on a shirt. Something like in the 1980s... I should brush up on my like history of this, but like in the 1980s. 1991 is when the Soviet Union fell. Yes. So when it fell, like everything was a mess. And so she had to go to the country. She had to leave. And then she got to like choose like on a piece of paper, which, which uh, city she would end up in. And she's just like, I don't know America. So she chose Salt Lake City. Right. So she just moved to Salt Lake City, did not speak any English. And so just basically had to fend for herself, like, and her and her family. She had a Why? job. Yeah, she had a job. She had like money in the bank. When she had said, like every, or not in the. When you said family, know. like her children or like her parents? No, her parents and her. Okay. Yeah, her parents and her. She didn't have children. Oh, okay. I just didn't know how old she was at the time. Oh yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> well, yeah, but you knew she wasn't fifty. <laughs> she oh, yeah, was, like, she wasn't 20. fifty. Yeah. So wow. That's what so I then she moved down to Vegas or something. She moved to Vegas and then yeah, in that's this quiet little Vegas. home, and that's it's like a, not even like like this big of an advertisement in the phone books. He's showing about really innocuous. A two inches by three inch base. Yeah, this is the audio medium, so yeah, like when I said there's a set of tapes this big. Yeah, nobody can see that. What is it? It's the audio medium. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I try to ignore the fact that you're recording, but oh, gotcha. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. We're, no, no, no. You're doing a good job. You're we doing... always like, pay attention to the fact that we're recording. We're, we're, that's, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm mostly joking. Just, about that's it. right. No, we just okay. mess with you guys. No, no, so, no. We're, we're not recording. This isn't on. Yeah, this totally is not on. Where are you from in California? Walnut. Walnut. Walnut, California. Yeah. I drove right by. I drove through Walnut all the time. Yeah. A lot of people don't know where Walnut is. Yeah, it's is. south of. I don't know where Walnut is. It's oh. in San Gabriel Valley. It's right. Uh, uh, Walnut um. also shares the same sheriff's department um, substation that San Dimas does. Excellent. The San Dimas and Walnut are connected through the same. San Dimas. I, I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> My sister well, was born in San Dimas. Though. Oh, see, San Dimas, excellent, excellent. <laughs> yes, yeah, well. yeah, Sandy, yeah, Walnut. I lived in West Covina, so it's just by Walnut. Right, yeah, that's where my parents grew up. In West Covina, West Covina, really mm-hmm. nice. What high school oh. did they go to? Uh, they went to. You know what, what high school? You, oh, I'm so proud of you. If you know uh, what high school your my, went to. I think my dad went to Nogales. Nogales, West <laughs> Covina. You know well, actually, Nogales, I think, is in La Pointe. Or something, or is uh, it right? Uh, it's on the other side of. It's literally like on the other side of um um, Amar or no on Nogales, isn't it on Nogales? It's on Nogales, yeah. It's on Nogales. It's on the opposite side, and I think actually the high school itself is part of county land and not in the city either city, but it's oh. right across the street from West Covina. Yeah, that's wild. The uh, Nogales Nobles. How, why does he know this? I don't know. It's down the street. Oh, yeah, I get. It. I mean, it's not. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you like the Salt Lake, the Murray. 
<laughs> smoke stackers or something. I think they are the smoke sticks. Yeah. <laughs> he already gets it right. Yeah. I don't know, but. Yeah. My sister's there now <clears throat> taking care of my grandma. Oh, yeah. how old is your sister now? Uh, she, ooh, how old? Like twenty one. You guys 22. aren't super far apart. So yeah, age, a year so. and a half. Oh, okay. And she's in Walnut right now. She is. Yeah. She's going to um, where? Where does she go? <laughs> to college. You're saying? She's to college. Yes. Is it uh, um, Ful- uh, Fullerton. Fullerton. Fullerton? Fullerton. Fullerton. Yes. Cal State Fullerton. Titans. Ah, the Fullerton Cowbells. Yes. Oh, the Titans. <laughs> they have a ma- elephant mascot. Ah, yes. The elephant mascot for the Titans. Yes. Yeah, it's not too far. It's just on the 57. I used to work right by there in Brea. That's a cheese. It's a tar. <laughs> is Brea cheese? No. I don't think so. Oh, Brie is a cheese. <laughs> Brie. <laughs> Make something like me where you're like, ah, when you do the thing that sounds like something, you say, isn't that this? And then they go, no, you dummy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's like my joke. But yeah, yeah Brea, it means tar. Oh. Ah, neat. Because there are, there's like the oil... Um, the oil rigs and stuff there. Like, if you drive down the 57, like, going to Disneyland and stuff, when you get past the 60, you go through the Brea Canyon, because between L.A. County and Orange County, there's a set of mountains and stuff, and you either go over, like, Harbor or something like that, or you go through the freeway through the canyon, and you can see some of the oil pumps and stuff, but mm-hmm. the town was built, and they found the tar, and Spanish was Brea, Neat. which is funny because in the area of Los Angeles is La Brea. The tar. Right, and so that's called the tar, and that's where the tar pits are. But what's funny is when you call it the La Brea tar pits, so they're the, ah, the tar the, pits. the tar pits, yeah. The, the tar, tar pits. The Bart, yeah, the. That is it? Yeah. The, the tar tar pits. Right. Yeah. That's funny. Mm. The Bart, the. The Bart, the, yeah. Come on, it's not die, Bart, die. It's German. Now you need... Now Anybody you need, who speaks German can't be evil. Well, what about that tattoo on your chest? Doesn't it say die, Bart, die? No, that's German for the Bart, the. No one who speaks German could be an evil man. Parole granted. (laughs) (laughs) That's a deep Simpsons cut. We got to put that in too. Actually, is that the one with the Gilbert and Sullivan tapes? I don't remember, but I just remember that is it line. The one that was one of the greatest lines of all time. Did you ever watch The Simpsons? I watched a little bit, but not much. Yeah. So there was, this, there, there was this guy called Sideshow Bob who constantly wanted to kill Bart Simpson for various reasons. But you put him in jail. Yeah, yeah, because he tried to kill Krusty the Clown or something yes. like that. Yeah. No, he framed Krusty. Oh, he Krusty. framed Krusty the Clown. Right, and then so he got him in jail, and then so he got his tattoo on his arm when it, it said that "Die Bart Die" was the tattoo, right? And then the, he's on this trial. He's like, "See, he literally has a tattoo on his arm saying Die Bart Die.'" He says, "It doesn't say Die. It's it's this is German. It says the Bart the." <laughs> and it's like, "Wow, nobody who speaks German can be evil." <laughs> oh, there's the part where he goes in. Maybe it's the same episode, but they put the Simpsons into. Uh, uh, witness protection. Yes. And they're like, oh, and they're driving, and they're like, ooh, complete set of Gilbert and Sullivan tapes. And Gilbert and Sullivan were, um, you know, they wrote operettas in mm-hmm. the famous one, The Mikado. Look it up. <laughs> Put a sound clip in. There you go. It's done. If it was Want to know who we are? But this is what I do on the show. I throw then, in sound clips from the things we mentioned. <laughs> but then, as they're driving into into the the city Wherever. that they're going to, yeah. 
and they're singing Three Little Maids from School Are We. Yes. Which is from that, and that's how he tricked Sideshow Bob to get down because he said, oh, do all of uh, HMS Pinafore. And Sideshow Bob reenacted all of HMS Pinafore, which is so long that it took that long for the boat to get to the authorities or whatever. Yeah, that is the same one. That's funny. That was a good episode. Because he learned about the HMS Pinafore for the tapes. There you go. Yeah, the Mikado's good. Yeah. I love that one. Well, all of those are good. There's a theater company that was from... um, Toronto or in Canada that did um, a lot of these Gilbert and Sullivan plays and we had the Mikado tape. I don't know if we got it from the library or something and it probably came out on PBS in 1982 or something like that. My parents watched it and then my sister found all the cassettes that they later packaged, you know, probably in the 90s from the things from the 80s. Mm. And then I think she found them all in... (laughs) on YouTube it was watching a, a, not too long ago and like oh you gotta see the gondoliers it's great and I'm like what? how deep are you going in this <laughs> alright so is that what you want to do then for, for Jobby Job is like a music work and piano with with various things uh, that would be a good Jobby Job for now Yeah, like you know I don't I don't, I don't have that much uh, I don't have plans for the distance okay but but you like this you... I, I know what I'm interested in kind of like are you interested in piano piano yes or are you thinking of teaching or something? Oh, that'd be interesting. You could do piano lessons, or you could be like a music teacher. You know, one of the, like, my prospective... I think they need one at, uh, what is it, Bob Miller, because their last <laughs> band teacher became a priest, or is going to the seminary. Yeah. Wait, what? Really? <laughs> is there, who's going to the seminary? There was a band teacher over there. JB. <laughs> I didn't know that. Mm. Well, there you go. Well, you know, a band teacher, though, that's like a different instrument. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's more like keeping a bunch of kids in line. Tell them to spit their gum out. Yeah. And they try to play scales. Yeah. That's but thing. it puts food on the table. Mm-hmm. But you probably want something more creative. You want to be that guy who plays the piano in like the, that, um, what's it called? That little outdoor kind of, well, it's not outdoor because it's inside the casino, but like in um, uh, Bellagio, they got like the restaurant and outside yeah, just there's like a, a piano on the, it's on like the, just the guy who plays terrace the or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or the guys in the fancy hotels. Yeah. <laughs> I also like writing and arranging. Like oh. oh, see? There yeah. you go. We should like, do that for passion. Like what Chris De Silva does, He's yeah. a composer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about like uh, um, you ever you ever submit stuff to um, artist.io or Audio Jungle or doing like uh, sound clips or, or background music for podcast video or po- no, podcast videos, podcast blogs video. <laughs> or yeah. um, YouTube creators who make uh, short films and need background stuff and. Yeah, I've never done that. What is that? Like you license it out or something? License it out. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. where our song comes from. You want to do a background music for a podcast? I know, right? Like, somebody, so like, com- give me something intense. Yeah. So, so somebody to compose this, and we took it for our podcast opening. Here it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. It's it out there. It's out there. We're we like, paid for it. We paid for it. Okay. Yeah, so well, that's we licensed it. David did it. Yeah, I paid for all the things. So you like commissioned this person to? Nope. To write found it, it on um, Audio Jungle. So oh, Audio you just found it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Audio like Jungle is sale. where you got up for sale. Exactly mm. where they they create uh, audio sounds and say, "Hey, this will upbeat, some fun, whatever." Yeah. And uh, I'm like, "Oh yeah, so I, I like the sound of this one, so I will go ahead and license it for the show." It does sound upbeat yeah. and very fun. Yeah. Good way to start it. Yeah. And I never heard it anywhere else, so it's that's a, that's the other reason why I got it. Mm. <laughs> 
See, now I don't want to see it on a Target uh, commercial Target. or, or oh, Jeep of, commercial oh or something goodness, like that. The Target song, I, you don't watch TV, TV. There's the commercials for Target right now, and it's just like they have a song for it, and it just haunts my dreams, like, in my head all the time. I don't watch TV. I hate it. I'm sorry. It's probably not even that bad of a song, but it bugs me. So you could write stuff like that. Or you can uh, write intense music. So we're like, dun, 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 kind of stuff when we start talking about something intense. Or, like, if I get on a rant, you can be like, da, 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 da. Or something. You could sell clips that I could all that I could program into the into the thing. Yeah, <laughs> and we stole some too. Like uh, that, that, I turned on the volume. Oh, that one doesn't Try work again. Hit it again. There you go. I've heard that one before. Yeah, I've heard that one in a bunch of things. Yeah. So, and then this one, what is, you've heard this before too. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep, that's it for the for the Except- clip. No! Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's whenever Neil swears. <laughs> There's some that get past the goalie, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll hear it. Like, I'll be like, ooh, I said. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Is there no swearing on the podcast? No, I try not to keep, I try to to keep swear. it. I try to keep it at a minimum. Okay. Because that yeah. way we don't have to put explicit tags. And also that way it's a little more family friendly, even yeah. though we're not really a family friendly podcast. We're, not a, we're an adult friendly podcast, but, oh, yeah. but well, a lot of Catholic mean. adults are like really sensitive to the swearing. And so we try to keep that to a minimum. Mm. Yeah. Try. Yeah. I mean, I got to tell David all the time to stop. I know. Actually, the, my, my inner voice is extraordinarily vulgar, but that's from growing up on the east side. East side. Do you have, like, an opinion on swearing? Like, whether or not it's Didn't we talk about it yeah, last did. year in the same place with... Oh, did we talk about it in the same place? Uh, yeah. So, um, the English you, you, language... No, no, you need to look up our podcast number. Uh, <laughs> I do. Podcast okay. Number. No, no, you can tell. You can tell. All right, it's one year ago to, from basically this episode. Mm. But, um... Uh, I, Ontologically, the English those those words don't have um, expletive of force, mm. ex- other than what we give it, which means that um, the English language and the human person needs expletives, so they're going to be created. Right? Mm. There is a, a, a necessary and appropriate use for them. Right? right. Uh, the problems come in there, now. There's various layers of problems. The problems come in. Um, First off, whenever you start to use an expletive towards another person. Ah. So cursing at somebody, or curse, that is not acceptable in any scenario because now you are you are damning a person, right? Because that's literally what, what that means. That's what a curse means, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the secondary uh, difficulty with some of the expletives that we have is a lot of the expletives that we have are taking things that were intended to be private or sacred and profaning them because that's right. why the word profanity comes from. It's something like the um, taking uh, sex as a profanation turns it into um, uh, fornication under consent of the king, right? Mm. And so <laughs> that's the um, that's the other problematic that we have in some of the swear word swear words that we use but objectively uh, other than the problematic of the profanity aspect of it the swearing in and of itself is not morally impermissible mm. uh, the things you, you got to worry about is the profanation of something sec, uh, sacred that's supposed to be sacred you know i see yeah yeah he doesn't care yeah i've heard it phrased yeah, just like that. a lack of control like you're expressing some kind of lack of what do you call it? It's like I don't understand this kind of situation. You know, it's like your your conception of the world kind of shatters a little bit. Right. Like the edges of it shatter a bit. But even even Saint Paul uses an expletive. Right? Mm. He says uh, he says that um, compared to um, what I've received in Christ, I consider all of my works and all of my life as rubbish. Except he doesn't say rubbish. Mm. He uses the equivalent Greek expletive for poop. Yeah. 
I, I think that's actually the appropriate way. Like, yeah, it, exactly. It, it shows the appropriate way to swear. Absolutely, like, it does. And so, so that's that's why you can't ontologically say that this is intrinsically evil, mm-hmm. um, because the English language, or the, actually the hu- human language, calls for it. Calls yeah. for expletives in certain situations. Right. And um, it's usually when you confront like the mysterious or like something like the unknown. Uh, what was that? I want to use an expletive now. No. no. <laughs> Because I was going to make a bet on a football game, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to go and do that because I'll probably lose. And I would have yeah. <laughs> always effing happens. Yeah. Sorry. But I don't know if that's Screw true. That. But like, That's just, interesting. Yeah, like, develop that a little bit more. Let's, let's think about uh, it. Oh, okay. I guess it's kind of like you um, – like a lot of people swear whenever they, they confront – like whenever they, they experience some kind of breakdown, like in their own kind of understanding, right? Which could be like uh, – usually is a good thing, I think. To like transcend. a stress reliever? Kind of, yeah. It's like a stress reliever, but also like, um, well, the breakdown part is is the good. You want to transcend, like, you know, what you know, <laughs> essentially what you think is true. And right. so, like, um, typically you'll fall into like, I guess, a, some some people fall into like trickery and such, but some people will fall into like, like I don't know what to call it. I guess divine mystery. So like, it's a, I don't I don't know what to call it. It's whenever there's a Greek term for it, and then um, I forgot which. Which one was it? Socrates that tried to induce it in other people, and it, it it's 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 essentially a Greek word for the breakdown of of your understanding. It's it starts with an A. Breakdown. It's really like important. Yes. To, uh, I'll think. Uh, let's see if I can come up with it in a little bit. Okay. But I I, does, nothing comes to mind currently. Oh yeah. So. so Socrates, like you know, he would go out into like the square or the agora, or wherever right, right. he would go, and then he would talk to people and until then, they until they crumbled. until they that's, that's until they was, crumbled, right? Yeah. So, like, that was his whole thing. He would keep like questioning, like down, mm-hmm. down, down. And stuff, and stuff, and then they'd they'd reach the edge of like what they knew, and right. then it'd kind of break. And then essentially, what it did was induce some kind of like insanity or of some kind, of like you know. But it wasn't like an insanity that's bad. It's just like, it's an insanity that they want to cling on to what they understood before, but then they couldn't. They can't anymore. They can't. Which was right. the point? Yeah. Right. And so, the, and you're saying that that is the appropriate use for expletives, or is that the, are you saying that this is a, an origin for expletives? Or um... uh, I think it's kind of like yeah, it's it's like a. <laughs> I, I guess it's an origin, like a phenomenological origin. Like, you know, like when people, I guess, stub their toe on something, right? And then they're experiencing this thing that's it's like, oh, it's it's so exceptional. You know, it was just, right. it's it's so... It's so it's a irascible emotion. The pain's so right. intense, it, I need to say something. Yeah. Exactly. I so, Kelly Clarkson. Supposed to. Kelly Clarkson! Something. Yeah. I heard that's the point, is like actually saying the thing. And that's actually, uh, that's scientifically accurate. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. I don't just make stuff up. No, no, but that, yeah, they, they've done many <laughs> like, things. All you do is make stuff up. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, they've done many, many a study on, on that thing, whether or not... Um, being able to say some kind of expletive whenever experiencing pain actually relieves any bit of that pain. And and in in the studies that they do, like, yeah, it does. It does give some kind of, um, whether it's mere, purely psychological release, but it, it helps ease the pain in in that release. So there's, there's it's medicinal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it also illuminates kind of the distance between you and, like, your true understanding, I guess. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's because a, it, 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 like what you had mentioned before, it is it shows the humanity of it all, our lack of, um, a lack of complete control of our will. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the humanity, that's, like, the yeah. part of it. It's like the distance between us and the sacred is illuminated by, that, like, that kind of darkness or, like, the... Which uh, makes sense as to why we would take those things that are sacred and then thus use them as profanity. Right. Yeah, so we like there's two types of cussing that I heard. It's like one is the we use the taboo of the sacred right, and we right. bring it down, and then we take the taboo of like the bot like poop and stuff, and we bring right. that up. Bring that up, and essentially it's like this flattening of the hierarchy. Interesting. So, yeah, man, you've done a lot of think- thinking about this. We should have had you I on the show. No, no. When we talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have that like 
that conflicts of opinion on cussing. Yeah. I, I don't mind it, but like I, I think that there's a place for it. Oh, I, ex- I absolutely agree. You know, yep. yeah. yeah, there's a place for it, and I think that quote that you just said, I forgot by who <laughs> who said that. Which quote of what? The one about that I said. Um, he said he uses an expletive at the very end, like oh, oh, Saint Paul, yeah, are rubbish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Saint Paul. Yeah. yeah. So that quote is like in it. It, it contains that sort of um, like it, it. also explains the proper use for cussing. It's like right. he used cussing in the proper. And he didn't. He cussing. didn't profane something sacred. Right. Yeah. He's expressing the distance between him and something sacred. Right. So it's like that's. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great, dude. That was awesome. See, that's that's uh, the show. That's what we do. Oh, I don't think that was very fluid, but that <laughs> yeah, was perfect. No, it's totally understand. He, you followed, yes? He totally didn't follow. No, no, no. <laughs> time and place, baby. Time and place. That's, that's what he got out of that. <laughs> So you do a little a little philosophy then. You you enjoy philosophy? I do. I like it. Yeah. But like, like I'm not pedagog I'm not in like pedagogical headspace. So that's why like it's very hard for me to to explain things. I'm just like in that understanding. You like to you mode. like to absorb it. Right. It's like in order to teach or like to explain it to other you people, to you have to like backtrack, right? Yeah, so you do this like kind of weird backtracking and say and streamlining. <laughs> Was it Einstein who or somebody? I don't remember. It could it could be falsely attributed to Einstein for all I know. Mm. But uh, had said something along the lines of if you can't if you can't explain it simply, you don't know it well enough. Because um, because there comes a point where like we could you could understand it, but mm. to articulate it back, that's a, that's another thing. I, I, years in ministry, I experienced that um, of like, oh man, I, I grasped this whole Jesus thing mm. and. and and what it means for my life, but I have no idea how to express this to another person. Exactly, but yeah. That's all I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why people start reading and digesting and then like becoming these crazy um, people who are trying to evangelize and ultimately are pushing people away from the church. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> I think I'm kind of in like that state. Nice. It's probably dangerous for me to talk right now because it's going to come out as like jumbled words right. and then I'm going to say something that's completely wrong. Well, that's why you come like, out on, on a podcast like this and oh, yeah. you say all the stuff to the tens and tens of listeners. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then you we, correct we, it. We help, to, we help mold it and help people, uh, help you give some language and some uh, cohesion to what you're thinking and experiencing. Yeah. O- oddly enough, I'm not really good with people. I'm good with concepts. And I'm really good at explaining concepts. Right. Okay. And so, uh, so that's why what I do works out really well. Mm-hmm. But what I, where I struggle is like a whole large portion of what I do, which is relational ministry. Right. Because right? that's why most of the methodology books that I read are on relational ministry because I don't know how to do it well. Uh, whereas Neil has that, has that skill. He's really good at just talking with people and making friends. Huh, Neil? Yes. yes. <laughs> Are you good with concepts too, ideas and stuff? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, he's great with those things too. Oh. To a point, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I like to think I am. Yeah. You know what's like in the distant future for me? It's like I really want to write a mass, write mass parts, mass parts and stuff. You know who um, uh, who was on that train also for a while was Tony Lasorsa. Really? Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever to- sp- spoken to Tony about writing mass parts and stuff like that. Maybe you guys could collaborate. Did he like bring that vision into fruition? Did he actually write? I mass don't parts think he actually has complete. So he started working on a mass part completion just before the third edition of the Roman Missal when all the words changed. <laughs> right, and so I don't know if he actually um, ever completed that's that or, or is holding on to it or, or what. But it's something to talk to him about because that's that was a passion of his too to be able to write a mass parts. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear something something beautiful and um, in the mass parts. Um, that have a nice like cohesion to them because a lot of them just don't. They're like even they have maybe some of the same key, but then just don't don't flow well together at all. Right. So the mass parts that Saint Francis uses are pretty cool. Those ones. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you don't think so? <laughs> we can edit this out. Yeah, I know. 
It's all right. It's okay. Some of some of it's okay. I don't know. I've been to masses where it's much worse. I'll tell you. I've been I've been masses where the Gloria sounds like My Little Pony theme song. Well, we did have the uh, Lamb of God that was that sound like uh, the Titanic. Titanic. Mm-hmm. That's the mass. That's the mass of Saint Anne. Lamb of God, you take away near <laughs> far. Yep. It's literally the same thing. Wherever yeah. you are, yep. you are the <laughs> you can't Lamb it. of yeah. God. Thanks for ruining. You're Sorry, buddy. I- You're welcome. <laughs> You want something else? Maybe? <laughs> this is why it's sometimes sometimes I'm like, maybe we should just chant the Agnus Dei <laughs> whenever we have that part said there. Fun. <laughs> no, but yeah, but I don't think Titanic. No, we haven't been using it for a minute. So. What was the, and we've been using a different Gloria recently, too. We have. We are using, um, which which Gloria, which mass setting are we using currently? Do you know uh, the name of it? Master of Joint. Joy and Peace. Yeah. That's the one. Glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. Because the other one I like because it's when we have that That's pause. A six, eight times a minute. My favorite is yeah. in songs where you, when you do the, uh, we have that beat of rest. Cassett? For, for, what, is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't know that. Right? I, I did way too much music to not know this much. Like where music. all the music stops? Yeah. Yeah, like that's everything. a tacit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up, mister. <laughs> like, I went to school for music. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's so funny, too, because it's like all the music that I learned over all the years, it's like, boy, a lot of that stuff's gone. <laughs> yeah. You know? Aha, I got this sticker off. No, but it was like, I like that in, in The Gloria because it's on the, on the very, towards the very end, and they just... Yeah. Do the glory. Yeah, that's a tacit. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. You like that, huh? I do. I think those are kind of hokey. <laughs> well, I like hokey things, and you're yeah, very you cynical. Like, and I am very cynical. I don't like hokey things. Yeah, I like some. He likes the hokey pokey, Of course, too. I'm also very... No, I hate the hokey pokey. Like I don't not know around. why you have to put hokey pokey at weddings and stuff. It's so stupid. People play the hokey pokey at weddings? I so. I don't think people... Um, that. <laughs> that was the thing when we met our DJ, and... Who's the DJ who we've had at church a bunch of times? And I was talking, to, we were talking, he's like, okay, what things do you not want? And we're like, and he's like, yeah, no YFCA, no, uh, <laughs> no hokey pokey, no chicken dance. I'm like, yeah, 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 get rid of all that crap, you know? Hmm. I said, he's, dance music. I'm like, I need these things, and I need, I need the throne room march from the end of Star Wars when we proceed out. There you go. <laughs> it was pretty cool, though. Cause it's a, it's a march. It's it's proceeding. It's Luke and Han and Chewie walking down. So we had it. Should have done the Imperial March. No, because it's too much. This, <laughs> this one's more. This one fits so much better, and it worked out so great. And by the time Lisa and I got out there, the last people introduced because it's when you introduce the whole bridal party as they come in, and right when it hits the end, you know where it crescendos up to the the written directed by George Lucas. You know, nice. Thing. And I was like, oh, he timed that out right. And I was yeah. so happy. Like, I was like, good job. He's like, I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, dang, that was good. Yeah. And then we wanted uh, Good Riddance by Green Day to be the very, very last song. Yeah. Like, all right. You, know, you don't have to go home. Point. But you can't stay here. So, yeah. bless you. My buddy Chris Durante, when he heard that at the very end, he was like, yes, yes. You know, because we are those Gen Xers, I guess. And, and he thought that was so great. And, and he was kind of drunk at the time, but which I found out later. <laughs> so. Are you tapping my microphone? A little bit. I never tap the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. All right. So the other thing that we're asking everybody is like, what's the last thing that you watched or read or listened to that was like, this is good, this is meaningful, that you really liked? Oh. Uh. That's not in the conference. It could be no, in the like conference, on TV. If you want to, but usually on the, on TV, TV, or, TV or, or books or, or, or podcasts I mean, or something. I watch a lot of YouTube. So a lot of YouTube. That's 
Yeah. What was the last thing? I don't remember. I can't remember. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. It's just my memory is kind of uh, really bad right now. Yeah, mine, we, we blame that on the internet. Yeah, mine was the Bluey episode I watched this morning. Oh, man, I love Bluey. With the Claw. Yes, that's great. Did you realize that that's canon in D? Going back to music? When did they put the music in? There's music in that whole episode. I remember hearing music. It's Paca Bell. When, he's, when, he's, we never, when they went to... Oh, no, I did not notice. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Paco Bell Cannon. Watch the episode again, and you'll be like, holy crap, this okay. is this is, this is Cannon and D. Ding, 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 ding. You have one turn. Best of luck. Ooh, I don't grade that stuff. Because what I liked was it's the way the dance, like, I don't take imaginary yeah, money. That was awesome. And he's like, see, we they learn they learn a lesson and they clean the house. And the wife's like, none of those things are getting done right now. Bluey is the best thing on the TV, just so you know, if you aren't aware. It's way better than I, I saw a few episodes. I'm like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. And then I watched some more and I'm like, this is great. Here's the thing. I like Christmas music. I don't want the Spirit Song book, brand new song that we're going to throw in at Christmas. <laughs> or a song that has nothing to do with Christmas. That we're just going to put in, oh, because we're the 5 o'clock choir and we want new and hip masks. I'll be hating on the 5 o'clock choir. I have no problems with the 5 <laughs> o'clock choir. It's just, it's more of a spirit and songbook one than the red music issue. That book sucks too, though. So, Oh, you think everything sucks. <laughs> I do think everything sucks. That's my other problem, Garrett. Is How is uh, everything sucked? That's all the songs. There's every song in that book. There's not a song you've ever heard that's not in that there's, book. There's that hand- book's this thick. <laughs> I said this thick there, because okay. you can't see how far my fingers are. <laughs> But the point being is, also, here's the other thing. I like churchy Christmas songs. Okay. I like it when, like, the old crooners sang them and stuff who had, like, real good voices and stuff. A lot of times, I don't like when, you know, today's pop stars sing Oh, Holy Night. And you're like, oh, you guys suck. Yeah. But if you get, like, those, uh, you know, the real good singers, like, uh, like a Josh Groban kind of person. Yeah, but then it becomes a performance and not a prayer. No, I'm talking about for Christmas music. Yeah, but I don't want Josh Groban sing, singing Oh Holy Night at the preparation of the gifts. I'm not talking about it mass now. <laughs> I'm just talking about Christmas music in general. Oh, okay. Christmas music in general is fine. All right. Because mm. I am batting around. Okay, we'll go back to church. But the fact is, when you're in a Christmassy mood, because everything starts at Christmas the day after Halloween now, <laughs> but I try not to get into too much Christmassy mood until at least after Thanksgiving when you're supposed to. Yeah. But then you go to church and it's like, no, Christmas doesn't exist yet because we're in Advent. Right. Which is right. Who created the liturgical season? I know of how it works. <laughs> don't act like I'm trying. Where the 12 days of Christmas? <laughs> I know. You don't think that's my biggest thing? I tell Where's you the 40 days of Christmas? Let's 40 do it. days of Christmas. The Phillips fast is before Christmas. <laughs> the point what I'm saying is, is you're kind of in a church in, in a mood, and I like traditional, super old Christmassy music from church, and I like singing it like that. But then you gotta wait, which is good because we're talking about anticipate or not anticipate. Yeah, anticipation. Talk- I was gonna sing that too. Right when I said it, I was like, "Give me that Carly Simon." <laughs> but my point being is, it's that delayed gratification kind of thing. I'm going to wait four weeks. That I'm in the midst of Christmas being shoved down my throat by cons- consumerisms right. and everything. Now I could finally get it liturgically. So I want it the way I want it. And there's only so many masses they do it. Yeah. It's like Christmas Day and like Holy Family. And if you're lucky, you get something on Epiphany. But then they usually have other Epiphany songs. And that's it. But the liturgy's not about you, Neil. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not about your personal preferences. It doesn't have to. <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't have to be annoyed. Yeah, you can be annoyed. I'm annoyed about a lot of things that happen in liturgy. I was going to say, I know. Oh, I'm sorry that I didn't sit there and write a letter to Stephanie and said, here's my playlist. You should. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go over well. Here's my playlist. Please make sure it's at the 930 Mass, because that's the one I will be attending. Yes. Do whatever you want at 5 o'clock. Oh, wait, there's no 5 o'clock Mass. As a loyal church. patron of this church. As a loyal patron, do, like not check, my do not check my envelopes. <laughs> I would like to submit my Christmas requests. Oh, I should put that in my envelope. Put it Please in give envelope. this to Stephanie. Bow <laughs> down I wanted to mention that that, that was my uh, interest in Von Balthazar because he was... Oh, uh, liturgical music? Right. Actually, really? it's for the sake of... Because I, I want to like kind of see a way through. I, and then I got like a glimpse of it, and then I lost it. And I was like, okay, I got to study aesthetics. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have to like really study it. Yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you yeah. want to read his glory of the Lord then. That's not right. an easy read by any means, but man. Yeah, but I also need to like take apart like the great like masses that have been composed and like really analyze them and see like if there's like a, a language that, that yeah. they're using through that. And like, so that's what I have to do. I just have to put in the grunt work and <laughs> see it. So, but, there, but there's some things that I don't understand. Like I know like there, there's like apparently like certain instruments are like intrinsically not for, for liturgy. For liturgy, yeah. yeah. Right, and the like, reason why the, and we've talked about this before as well, but the reason why the orchestra, or the orchestra, the organ has the pride of place is because it's the instrument that's closest, that's closely um, animates the human voice. Right, the voice is like the most sacred of the Correct. instruments. And then, and but then there's like a distance, there's like a hierarchy, right? Yes, absolutely. So then, like piano is pretty low, I think, because yeah. it's like almost percussion, and it's very mechanistic, it's and it's very, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's percussion. Kind of, kind of percussion. But, um, yeah, which is interesting. Whenever you start to think about how many, how many, like we do a lot of organ songs at our parish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how many I parishes do. don't? You know, and like all how all how many parishes are ones. are almost entirely piano. Yeah, and in the hierarchy of music, that is that is on the low end. Yeah. Well, what I don't understand about that is like why? <laughs> why what? Why, like why the hierarchy lays itself out. The hierarchy of instruments lays itself out it's the, the same way thing it does. As, as like, the, there's a hierarchy in beauty, right? The, right. So once, once yeah, you have the hot dis- chicks are on top. <laughs> but the, yeah, exactly. Then like the handsome dudes. Like, what's the substantive like characteristic that they're trying? Is that like imitation of the human voice? I guess is one thing. But right. Like, that's that's the that's the the ultimate end because the um, the word of God, the logos, is something that is spoken intoned. Right? Gotta get the mm. crown. It's, it's not uh, the uh, <laughs> Catholic charities. Um, the logos is something that is in that is spoken, right? Yeah. And so you cannot experience Christ without the spoken word, right? He is he is the word of God spoken out, right? Yeah. And so whenever you're talking about uh, music and and hierarchy of music, it's all going to stem from that. What's the closest that you have? That's why the gospel. It's a very appropriate to sing the gospel. Mm. Right is because that is you like are you are right. mm-hmm, you are intoning Christ Himself as you as you sing the gospel, mm. right? And so that's that's why that's ultimately appropriate. Yeah, but why 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 that? You know, you like mean? why why tones? Like because why? You can, because that's your human voice. You are connecting uh, the you are again in your body bodily mm. uniting um, the words of God with humanity again. So it's 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 a uh, mark of the incarnation. Uh, that is nearest to the Eucharist itself, mm. because the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity. But us now, I'm now intoning the words of Christ yeah. in my being. I am enfleshing 
the word of God, right? Mm. So you see what I'm saying? That's interesting. Yeah. So is it like distance to flesh? Maybe that, that yeah, absolutely is. Yeah, that, like, that's that's the whole point. That's why the orchestra that what the orchestra the organ oh, has, orchestra yeah. the organ has the pride of place because it's the nearest to the human voice. Yeah, even though that oh okay, but it imitates the human voice in sound. It's not like necessarily amplifying like a human voice, like a little human voice. Right, right. So is it just like wind instruments are kind of like? I would say that would be yes. Wind. That would be next. That would be next on the list because again, that's using the, the human breath in order to bring about the. Uh, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sure there are. are I'm sure there are people that literally write their dissertations on this stuff. Yeah. But um, hey guys, but that's uh, but that's not me. So. Mm-hmm. And wind means like spirit, right? And like the yep. ancient like Rua is a right? spirit. Spirit. So. Yeah. Breath. Breath. It breathes the spirit into Adam. Spirate. Yeah. To a spirit, to breathe out spirit, yeah. That's interesting. Because I was going to make a point about, like, if it's about distance to flesh, then, like, amplification is, like, more of a complex, like, there's, oh, there's a lot of middlemen and yeah. when you amplify yeah. a human voice. So then amplification should not be allowed. But that's definitely not the case. It doesn't seem like it. No, because you need, you need it to, to, to ends, right? So it's not, it's not the most ideal situation. Maybe the most ideal situation is a 300-person uh, choir. Mm. <laughs> Maybe that's the most ideal. Yeah. I don't know. But that's not what we have. It's not what we are able. It's not what we're able to get. You know. Yeah. That's, so uh, in the, in the current cultural situation, you don't um, you don't forego the the beauty of music. You do music according to the capacities that you have. So it's the same thing as the human person, right? Mm. Whenever we act, anyways, uh, we need to be acting as close to virtue as we can, or as, even if it's not pure virtue yet. Melissa, Vegas foodie boozy mom. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? So far, so good. Tell us about yourself. Who are you? What are you doing here? And how are you affiliated with this this thing that's going on right now? Those are very good questions. I keep asking myself. <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure where I am. Yes. Um, I am a parishioner. Yes. And a catechist. Yes. St. Francis of Assisi in Henderson. That's hey, right. We know that place. Yes. That's right. And I am attending the diocesan. I can never say that right. Diocesan. Diocesan. That's the word. The conference. That's that's the word. Yes. That's the word. And you're you're a friend of the show. You have us on Instagram. Yes. And and all the things, and we and we we follow each other back and forth, and all those good things. Yes. And uh, yeah, so welcome to the show. Thank and you. Thanks your for name. Me. Oh, Melissa. That Melissa. Was, yeah. yeah. Nice. This is Mel- are you allowed to give your whole name on the on the show? What's what's the rules? What Melissa's are you allowed fine. to do? Melissa's fine. You're yeah. just Melissa. I'm I'm Vegas foodie boozy mom. Yes, oh. there, Foodie Boozy Mom. That's right. That's exactly her thing on the uh, on on her Instagrams. That's, look her up. Look her up. Vegas Foodie Boozy Mom. That's right. Yeah, there's always there's always like great stuff about like runs that you've done and food and beer and all kinds of great stuff. I liked. Um, I think it was. I think it was on your post. You had. Add, I don't know. I don't know if it was a friend of yours or just a clip that you found. Where this lady was eating, ah, oh, finally the drinks have arrived. I don't care about all this food. You're like, oh, clearly you're not Indi- Indian or Mexican. It's like, no, I'm Irish Catholic. Yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my priorities. That's right. God, then beer. That's right. That's right. Hey, St. Bridget, it was good enough for St. Bridget. Let's let's go. You know? There you go. Yeah. All right. So we've been asking people, we've been talking about, like, what was the last good thing that you read or listened to or watched or something along those lines, something that you consumed media-wise that you were like, this was good and this is meaningful and I like it. What was something like that that you've, that you've experienced recently? Okay, I almost actually messaged you about this, and it's going to sound like I'm sucking up. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> but I'm not. So I start, I'm way behind in your podcast. Okay. Because I listen to a hundred different podcasts and I right, kind of right, rotate right. through them. 
So I was listening to yours on the Eucharist. Oh, really? The yeah. one that was hard to listen to because the audio quality was bad. Was that the one? Is that the one? Is that the Magical Bags of Meat? Yes. yes. Oh, Magical Bags of Meat is such a yes, great episode. Yes. <laughs> and I started listening to it, I want to say, back in the beginning of July. Okay. And then I got busy and stopped. And in that time, I've been teaching first grade for years. Okay. And that's first year communion prep. We don't really go into great detail about right, communion. Right. Um, so... In that time, uh, Craig, the director of Faith Formation, asked me to teach second grade. I'm like, okay, we're getting new books. It's fine. Didn't think anything about it. And then it dawned on me, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to teach. I'm doing First Communion. Yeah. And I've got to really teach the Eucharist. Like, these kids really need to know. And then I'm panicking over it. And then it just so happens it's time to listen to your podcast again. And it was right in that. Nice. In that, And it was just... I like the Oreo thing. I think for second graders, they're going to like having some Oreos. Yeah, that works. Yeah. <laughs> and I tagged it. I'm going to re-listen to it right before it's time to teach it. Nice. So what was the Oreo? Was that, was the Oreo, how, what was the example we used with that? How, like, the Oreo is still the Oreo, but it's got the cream and it's got the cookie. It's got the parts? Okay. Yeah. I got to re-listen to it again yeah. and really... All right, now I remember. Okay. Yeah, that was a good I episode. Sure I remember that's one of our, my consubstantiation ones. It's like, it's a donut. What, what cream in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, 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 that's consubstantiation. That's, that's not transubstantiation. Yeah. That's a different thing. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. We're, we're glad we're glad we really like that, that, that you, that's helping you out there because that was the goal of these things is to help people wrestle with various things and helping understanding at an adult level because oftentimes like we believe this stuff and they're like, but wait a second, if I was asked to explain it or, or th- to think about it at an adult level, I don't have that skill set. Oh, yeah. Oh. And so we're like, let's, let's bring uh, an avenue for that. And that's kind of what we started as, as trying to do. Well, originally, yeah, we started this out because I think we were trying to tie it in with confirmation classes. But we couldn't keep up that pace. That's, that's or a... I don't know if we even want. I don't even know if we ever did. And then COVID hit. <laughs> and then it was just me complaining. Yes, yeah. it was a lot of Neil complaining. Neil didn't like COVID, but it was only Neil. The rest of the world was okay. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it. My mom loved it because she actually could stay home. All right. day, every oh, day, you know, and nobody would judge her. Lisa loved it because she's like, we don't have to do anything. This is great. And then, like, when we started getting involved again, <laughs> and then, like, our little whiteboard was filled with things, and she said, ah, I miss those days. Yeah. <laughs> miss those COVID days. Where you could just be quiet, read a book on the on the balcony all the entire day, and nobody bothers you. I don't right. know. I still Wonderful. went to work every day. Geez. I did, too. Yeah. There was a nice two weeks where they were like, nobody could come in the office. I'm like, sweet. But then after that, everybody was back in the office. No, but we still did all those Zoom meetings, remember? Like we did a lot of Zoom meetings. And, no, but I mean, just us. Like, you know, when we're sitting there talking to everybody, and then you're watching people like the Madrid sisters are in the same room, but on two computers. I know. That was funny. We used <laughs> to have Zoom them? parties. Yeah. I don't miss Zoom meetings. Neither do I. Yeah. I, I can do without those. Yeah, that was a that was very sad, sad, sad time. All right, talk to me about this place that I think you mentioned it was downtown Henderson. That's a, a Stout's place. Oh yeah, what's the, what's the what's oh the, Astronomy Ale Works? Astronomy Ale Works. There you go. Yes, See, and it's very. Uh, I think I need to take like Robert there tomorrow. Star Wars, Star Trekky. Oh. See, that's that's right up our alley. And that's I don't what know I how how long how long has this place been open down there? Do you know? Uh, three, four years. See, I don't. I've. It opened during COVID land. No, long before that. Before COVID yeah. land was like two years ago. It's next door to Craft House. Have you been to Craft House? It's next door to Craft, Craft House. House. 
Craft House is off of no, no, that's on Gibson, right? Yeah, Gibson. It's on no, it's on Eastgate. Eastgate. That's the thing. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so it's in that area, same place as oh, like. It's on a, oh, you said it was downtown. I thought it was downtown. I don't remember, man. Oh, I know this. This is right next to. Yeah, it's right next to Craft House. Yeah. It's on the other thing. Yes, we got to go there. Yeah. This is right next to where the uh, old. Uh, never mind. You guys don't know. No, we don't. <laughs> she might. Well, what's it called? Um, How long you lived in Vegas? Born and raised. See, Whoa. I told you. Native. They shield now. Right See, next to the what now? You were the wait. It depends on what it is because it's like when I was in high school. If you were born and raised in Vegas, it was like wow, how weird. Because <laughs> like everybody I knew was from somewhere, right? But also, I also think that had to do with the fact that I went to a newer school. See, I got a few years on you. Well, so I've been true. even. So I was going to ask. See, I didn't you're supposed be... to say no, no, oh, no. Oh, sorry, you're much younger <laughs> than me. Because I didn't want to. Yes, I know you do look younger than me. <laughs> But <laughs> no, but that was what I was gonna say. Was it was it before to a point where everybody was from Vegas before everybody moved in? I mean, when I grew up, everyone pretty much was from Vegas. Because mm. I'm also thinking, yeah. if you went to an older school, so you're in a more established neighborhood, you'd have more Vegas people. Where like I grew, went to a new school, so I'm in a brand new neighborhood, so everybody's a transient. Yeah, I was old or, school. I was went to Chaparral when Chaparral was one of the best schools. So that's I didn't know that. Wow, oh. I didn't know that that was ever a thing. I know, I know right? Like right after it was a prison, <laughs> and now it <laughs> that's is right. And it's got a pool on the roof. Oh, the pool! The roof. I forgot about that one, but it was always the women's prison. What I liked. Yes. Yeah, and, I went to Woodbury. Okay, I went to Woodbury too. Right on. After I got kicked out of Cannon. Oh, well, you got kicked out of Cannon to go to Woodbury? I did. I had a zone variance to go to Cannon, and I was not doing very well in school, and they're like, mm mm. Who did you? Oh, wow. Yeah, go oh. to Woodbury. Yep. So. Oh, cool. Stay yeah. in, do good in school, kids. Cause, yeah, because I went to Woodbury because uh, we lived with my grandma for a period of time, and she was right there off of, what's it called, like uh, Sand Hill and right Armin Hill. Yeah, we're at the top of the hill. You're at the top of as the hill. I, as I talk to all my friends, we're from the bottom of the hill. And I'll be like, you're from the bottom of the hill. <laughs> I want to go back and see the hill because I haven't been there in a while. And, like, it was massive when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, it's not that big. But I would like to see it now, now that hills don't scare me. Yeah, yeah. I know. But that, that hill was like, i got to walk back up that thing. Yeah. Riding down it on your bike was fun. Oh, but. Like, yeah. that, was, that was Owens for us. If you go to Owens and, and Washington up on... Uh, Owens and Washington don't. Not Washington, uh, Hollywood. Owens and Hollywood. Oh, that's going, way out there. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Sunrise Manor, man. That's the east side. Yeah, but still, like, there's Ride Owens your bike all the way up there, way. right by the uh, Mormon Temple, and then you ride down that big old hill. It was yeah. great. Oh, yeah, because you're going up the mountain. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, yeah, like, because, like, the, the temple's on, like, Bonanza or Bonanza. something, and it's, like, in the mountain. Yeah. Cool. So, wait, where did you grow up? Like, where you were on the top of the hill? No, I grew up off of... That's how we um, get back in. Harmon and Mountain Vista. <laughs> Oh, right, like what? Out of I Holy guess family? <laughs> pretty much. I was. The, I missed my first Holy Communion at Holy Family because of the fire. So we went, we did classes and mass in a tent outside. Oh, wow. And then I had to have the actual first Holy Communion at St. Vitus. Okay. And that's when St. Vitus was the hall, right? Yeah. Yes. I remember my parents, We there was a period of time we were living in an apartment off of Flamingo and Pebble, or Pecos, and, and like, we went to Mass at St. Vitus. And I'm like, I don't like this. It's different. We should be at Holy Family. Why are we here? <laughs> well, my grandma went to Holy Family because when she moved in, she was up, up on top of the hill. 
and um, right where the, the freeway exits from Flamingo, it leads into a neighborhood like Hazelcrest or yes. whatever. She lived there. Okay. Where the back of her house, you could look down to where uh, Lamb was. Because Lamb was just that little side street behind right. the freeway. It probably was a street before the freeway came, I bet, right? Or something? Yeah, I remember playing with my Cabbage Patch dolls with my friend while they were building the freeway, like, on the construction site. Oh, see? And, oh, like, oh. the construction workers looking at us like we're crazy as we're hiding behind dirt mounds with our Cabbage Patch kids. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's great. That's a wonderful memory to have. Uh. That is cool. I do like that. But, yeah, yeah, so we were there, and then... Uh, Crap, what was it? Oh, yeah, so she, when they moved in, was right when it, the church was rebuilt, or the new, well, the new old church. Right. The old new church. It's more like it. Not when it was, like, at Dylan's and stuff. Right. Because I heard about that, too, yeah. right? Because they had to, like, hang post, like hang stuff over the, like, the girly posters or something. And See, at that point, we weren't, after my first communion, we stopped going to church. Oh, mm. we were talking about that today, too. Yeah, we talked about that today a lot. Yeah, yeah. so I didn't do confirmation until I was an adult. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Until oh, I was. like, RCIA? Yeah. Yeah. So I, we got, my husband and I got married in a civil ceremony. And then our 10th anniversary, we were able to get oh, married. Oh, that's awesome. In the church. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Where'd that's pretty that? cool. St. Francis. Francis. Yeah. Father Steve. Oh, we love oh, him. The Holy yeah. Family guy. Yeah, the Holy yep, Family now guy. Now he's a Holy Family guy. But <laughs> yeah. oh no, but I mean, he was a parishioner at Holy Family before he was a uh, before he was a pastor over there. Oh, he was. Yeah, he I don't back think in the I day. knew about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it was probably after your first communion. Yeah, yeah probably, probably after your first communion. <laughs> yeah, because I he taught confirmation. Okay. And my grandma taught confirmation, so that's how I knew who Steve was because he was the tall dude. And when you're yeah, like you eleven, he's like monstrous, and like I was like, "Oh, that's a tall guy that hangs out with grandma." I just and saw, then he did the search retreats with. I her. just saw him today hug an, a oh. tiny little old lady. Oh yeah, it was the funniest thing. Yeah, it's, it's, she was. Yeah, she was tiny. And he's got to be like what six seven or something like yeah, that, right? It's like yeah. Six eight, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's he's and wild. He never tall. played basketball. I don't think never. he's got the talent. <laughs> he's got the talent. He's still got to dribble and shoot. <laughs> Do you? Do you? I know. Yeah. I mean, but it's it's yeah. It's funny too because at my wedding, our was Father Steve and Father and Father John? Yeah, so, that's, that's, so there are pictures of us that they look similar in height because Father John is like on step two and Father right. Steve's on the floor in front of the altar. That's funny. That's awesome. I said the only one I should have had was Father Ron with us too, and then it could have been that like been great. Little, yeah. It'd be like one capital I and two lowercase I. So, what workshops did you do today or yesterday, or what was interesting? Um, I, they were all interesting, actually. Cool. Um, I did one on children and grieving. Oh, nice. Oh. And that was, that was pretty interesting. And then I did the Scott Hahn one. Okay. Um, and he was an amazing speaker. He is, yeah. Yeah, I, that was the first time. I mean, I've read his, some of his books, but that was the first time I heard him speak. Oh, he's got a wonderful speaking voice, too. I could listen to him for hours. Yeah. yeah. And then the last one I just did was on the Eucharist. It was really on the Mass, and it was kind of a continuation of what you were speaking about in our catechism. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so. <laughs> did he give me a shout-out? Did he? Did he... <laughs> he no said, acknowledgement. My buddy David was telling me this the other day. <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably just read the same books as I did, because that's, that, that's how we that roll. Who was it that totally ripped this off? Which part? I don't remember. Remember we did, like, a whole podcast on something? And yeah, that was Bishop we... Barron. Bishop Barron totally ripped yeah, us off. Bishop Barron totally ripped us off. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Darn him. Like, we, did it, we did an entire podcast on, um, it was right after the, um... Uh, Pew Research came out that only a third of Catholics believe in the real presence of the Eucharist or something like that. So we did an entire podcast on this, and um, the way that we approached it, um, 
was the the idea of real presence and understanding philosophically and all all these things. And then we go uh, months later because we did that back in like August or something like that. Yeah, I and, just listened to that. Yeah, one. yeah, oh. exactly. That's the one. Yeah. Right, that's got to be the one. That one I thought Pew, Pew Research was a Catholic research group because it was yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, that, and then we went. Why to would you call it chair research? The uh, RE Congress down in LA in February, and Bishop Barron gave. Our exact talk, but much better than what we did. But it was exactly, it was the I same was like, talking he listened. points. He totally ripped us off. <laughs> and you're going to acknowledge he did it better? You should have said oh. it was much worse. <laughs> well, no. He, well, he, he sounds gr- he did it He better, sounds authoritative. But he took it from us. Like, <laughs> it's he, like I wrote the speech, but source. he could deliver it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, the guy who writes the speeches for the presidents, yeah. you know? It's like <laughs> and some presidents do better than others when yes. they're speaking. <laughs> they <Yeah>. sure do. <laughs> Not it's all the, the same guy who wrote the, who wrote the material. That's great. I'm glad you like those. Yeah. How many of these have you come to? Is this your first? This is my first. This is your first one. It's a a tricky, it it falls at a tricky time of year. Yeah. 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 This is Oktoberfest time. I mean, like, I'm like. Well, that's that's coming up. That's coming up. October 1st here at the Orleans. Yeah. Are you coming to Oktoberfest? Did you know that that's a thing out here? Here? You mean? Yeah, Yeah, there's going to be one here. No, I did not. At that Ballywick or whatever. No, no, no. It's going to be like outside. Oh, yeah. in the parking lot or something. It's going to be like a festival. We're trying to find later, Hosen. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> if you would have told me before my nephew came, I could have had him yeah, bring it. Yeah, There you go. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. We already got late. our Steins. Yes, we do have Steins. We got Steins from the Phoenix Club in Anaheim. Yes, which is a German club. I mean, I've got a traditional like Stein, but not like a German Stein. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I have a few. Um, my godfather's part German or is German, and he collected loads of Steins. Yeah. Like, he had, like, a whole wall full of stuff. My dad, too. We lived in Germany for a hot minute, and he collected a few of them. But those are not mine, but maybe one day. I have my dad's. <laughs> Do you? I just don't know where they are. They're probably in the storage unit. The storage <laughs> unit. But, yeah, so I got, like, loads. I mean, he had some cool ones, too, because he went to the Germany in mid to late 60s when he was a kid because my aunt taught for the University of Maryland International School or whatever. I saw a commercial for it not too long ago. Nice. Yeah, it's it's a thing where you you're abroad or something, and the University of Maryland has college classes or something. Hmm. So she was out in you know Munich or something and and teaching for the university out there. And then my grandma took my dad when he was just a kid, and my dad was the youngest and by far. So like he's number six, my aunt Lois is number five. She's nine years older than he is. So he's like six years old collecting steins. Well, he was like ten, but, <laughs> but the fact was he was out drinking beers. And some German lady was like, what? And, like, she was all shocked, and she was saying something in German, and my grandma was like, is she mad that, that Michael's drinking beer? And my aunt's like, no, she's just shocked he's up past 10. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the fact that they were out late rather than <laughs> drinking. In the beers. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. But, yeah, he, like, brought home, like, one for, like, that had, like, I don't know if that was then or maybe my aunt brought it, but he has got one with the Munich Olympic stuff from nice. what, 72. And so so it was either in preparation for it because, you know, you know about your Olympic places, you know, like 12 years Right. Ago, so. so he either got that then or my aunt might have brought it. So I got that somewhere. And maybe some old school Hopbrow house ones. Yes. Maybe it's better in storage. You don't ruin it. Yeah, I know. Once the kids grow up, I'll build some shelves. Yeah. Because if I build shelves now, they're just going to hang from them. Robert's grabbing on like the mantle, the fireplace, and trying to hold on to it. That sounds, that sounds like Robert. That sounds like Robert. That yeah, sounds like a good time. All right. Well, Stein talk. Speaking of Steins, let's get some beers. We should get some beers. Before we do that, is there anything you would like to tell anybody who's never come to one of these conferences? Anything that you'd like to say? I'd like to say that these conferences aren't just for the volunteers. They aren't just for parish staff because 
I think just the everyday Catholic, someone that doesn't feel like they're active in their community, that just, you know, goes to math once a week, if they're lucky, sometimes right. once a month, yeah. that this is, this is a place to start. This is how you can grow nice. in your faith. This is how you can meet other Catholics. It's a great place to be. Awesome. Never Thanks so much. That All right. I, I like that, too. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. All right. Someone who likes the Rams and not giving me crap. And if you're lucky, you get to be on a podcast. Yeah, you sure do. All right. (laughs) 